All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. All right, lots to talk about here on the mm-hmm. vaccine front. Now, yesterday, Dr. Bonnie Henry loosening some of the restrictions, right? So now saying that people can gather in groups of a group of 10. Outdoors. Outdoors. And let's have a listen to what she said on that. Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday. It's kind of two families worth for the most part. So, yes, go out and uh, play a game in the park. Go out and have a picnic. Uh, have a barbecue in your backyard, but keep your distance, like we used to do last summer, where we could have those e- events where we we're um, not getting close enough to each other and don't have an indoor component to it, because that's when we know it can spread much more quickly. Okay, how is this going to work here now? Well, it's going to be like, as she mentions, like it was before the restrictions began, which was you can mingle with people outside your family unit, outside your house. I thought that was a bubble of six, your safe six. Well, that was the old safe six. So that is not being, that's not coming back quite yet. And again, the safe six also applied to indoors. And that's, again, we're not changing the indoor rules here. It's simply outdoors. And it's interesting. I asked her yesterday, right off the top at at the briefing, how can you reconcile easing restrictions at a time when we have 500 cases a day. Yeah. And I asked her, is it because the warmer weather, the virus is not transmitting quite as uh, rapidly or as effectively as in the winter? Is it uh, psychological? Uh, is it because uh, people might do this anyways in spring break? And she said, basically, it's a combination of all those factors. Um, I think it's a recognition that uh, as we get into warmer weather, uh, it, it, it's interesting. She, at the very beginning, she wanted to, she pointed out, Public health can't be too far ahead of the public in terms of uh, changing people's behavior. You can't be way out there, and you can't be really far behind. And I think this is a recognition that it's inevitable as the weather warms up and spring break approaches, people are going to gather anyways outside. Hmm. And I think it's seen as not quite the health risk that it was in the winter when the virus was spreading, I think, uh, more frequently. The virus right now is not, well, it's never really spread with any great numbers outside. It's generally in work sites for the most part. Um, and work sites aren't necessarily outdoors with uh, families commingling. So again, it's basically get together with your friends outdoors, have a coffee, go for a walk in the park, but don't do it indoors. Outside, do it outside. Out, outside. Now, I remember like last summer, there was a dramatic flattening of the curve mm-hmm. last summer. And is there hope that that happens, happens again? Yeah. And maybe that's why she thinks it's safer? Well, there's a hope of that, although we're still yeah. at 500 cases well, a day. Yeah. The, other, the other wild card here, of course, is the variants of concern, the vi- yeah. variant viruses, which in Ontario has overtaken COVID-19. Um, just the the original virus, and we haven't even remotely approached that. We're, so you mean most of the new cases in Ontario are variants? Variant cases. Wow. And uh, that's not the case in BC. We're, we're finding variants quicker uh, than we were a few weeks ago because we're doing a different screening test of yeah. COVID-19. Once someone tests positive for COVID-19, a test is done very quickly to determine if, if it's a variant. It used to take weeks to find that out. Now it's uh, taking a day, and that's why our numbers are, are up. So just one more thing on the 10, like getting together with 10 people outside. That is like, you know, the same 10 same people. Same 10. You can't do like a mix and match, like I'll... I'll have a picnic with 10 people one day and then 10 different people no. the next day outside. Yeah. It's, it's the same 10 people. Same 10 people. And again, this saying. is this is a public health order. It's uh, it's going to be amended. You'll see the right. It's I don't think it's posted yet. You'll, you can see the writing in the order when it's posted on the CDC website. Okay. She also talked yesterday about people asking questions about, well, what about traveling within the province, maybe to a cabin or a mm-hmm. vacation home or a holiday? And here's what she said about traveling to a cabin. 
Over March break, if you are a family and you're going to your your cabin um, and you're self-contained, that that's okay. But we really need to stick to our household, stick to our um, uh, limited travel. Okay, so you're saying to me off air there was some confusion over this. Well, there's there's the interpretation of this. Uh, the cabin. She used two words yesterday: cabin and regional. And people interpret this differently. Um, she's been saying, "Stick to your local, uh, your neighborhood." Well, your neighborhood's not your cabin. So, uh, do you travel if your cabin's in Kelowna and you live in Vancouver? Is that okay? She seems to be suggesting as long as you stick to your family unit and not much else, uh, you can do that. But that, again, it's it's a little confusing trying to interpret what that means. I mean, at the one hand, you want to stay local in your neighborhood. On the other hand, can you go to your cabin, which most people's cabins are pretty far away from where they live. And, well, it's kind uh, of a crucial point, isn't it, with spring yeah, break coming up yeah. and people are wondering, well, can I, my family go on a vacation here now? Now, keep in mind, uh, the travel um, restrictions or orders are not actually part of a public health order. They're simply it's an advisory. They're advisories. Uh, so you're not breaking any law, but you're encouraged to stay within your household if you're, if you're going to do these types of. Tra- I've been telling people uh, stick within your. It, it's okay in Metro Vancouver, I think, if you go from Vancouver to Surrey. I mean, is that is that really traveling? I think it's just basically most people's daily commute. Uh, so, but again, I don't think people in in Metro Vancouver are being advised to go to the Gulf Islands or to go to the interior, but she's opened the door with a reference to a cabin. Okay, St. Patrick's Day is this Wednesday, March 17th. And uh, here's what she said about some of the drinking restrictions on St. Patrick's Day. Liquor sales for on-site and off-site consumption must cease between 8 p.m. on March 17th until 9 a.m. on March 18th. And there will be some uh, caveats around full meal provision and how restaurants and bars can stay uh, when they must close. And this was very similar to the restrictions that we put in place over New Year's. Uh, just can you drink on Irish time, though? Because <laughs> this, this is what my dad would say. Like, my, yeah. da- my dad, mom and dad are from Ireland, yep. okay? And my dad, they both passed away now, but my dad used to say if he cracked a beer uh, early, let's say early in the day, and we would say something like, Dad, you kind of kind of starting a little early. He would say, it's okay, I'm drinking on Belfast time. <laughs> so um, anyway, you, so anyway, they're cutting off liquor, liquor sales at same, 8 o'clock. Same as New Year's Eve. The difference is they're giving uh, five days notice or whatever, which they didn't do. Remember the criticism on New Year's Eve? Oh, yeah. It was like last second notice. Last second. And now this one, uh, she talked about how she's been working with the restaurant sector and the pub sector over the last uh, few weeks to, to come up to this uh, this rule. And that's why I don't think you're going to see the complaints that you saw, understandably, at New Year's Eve when this was just sprung on the industry. This one's now well, coming yeah, they a were blind. Late. All the restaurants were blindsided yeah. last time. This is almost a week's notice. And, in fact, I think that pubs and restaurants were told actually before yesterday that this was coming down. So, again, oh, well. no green beer after ah. 8 p.m. Not the end of the world. Okay, you can drink at home, though. <laughs> You've right. always been able to do that in the <laughs> pandemic. Thank God. <laughs> that rule's never changed. Okay. okay, Justin Trudeau this morning saying there's more Pfizer vaccine coming sooner than expected. Here he is. I can confirm that Canada will receive at least 1 million Pfizer doses per week from March 22nd to May 10th. A million doses of Pfizer alone every seven days. That's going to make a big difference. We have shared these updated delivery schedules with the provinces and territories. This is so they can continue to plan for mass vaccination sites to get you and your family 
protected as soon as possible. All right, liberals just loving this. Well, so BC's share of that is about 135,000 okay. of those doses a week will come to BC. That's on top of the Pfizer and Moderna that's arriving before March 22nd. That's on top of the AstraZeneca that's arriving in March and April and May. Uh, so we're literally going to be, you know, at least a million doses, more, well more than a million doses in, in B.C. in a very short time. And the challenge is going to be to get those doses into the arms of people in an expedited fashion. And it's really going to be amazing to see if we can pull this off. I mean, we're talking about 180 sites around the province. Amazing. A whole community is being immunized over the course of one or two days. If there's very small towns and, and remote locations, hard to get to. But also in large urban centers, we're going to have long lines of people uh, getting their doses. It's going to be quite amazing to see this. Okay, unfold. do you think that, like, you can just hear, you can hear it in, in his voice. Like, I keep thinking that behind the scenes they want an, ele an election. And Trudeau said again today, like, no, he's not interested in, in an earlier election call. But if this vaccine supply starts to ramp up, does well, it make it likelier? Yeah, and I think we're talking June, probably. Yeah. If, we, if we go, if we see two months of people getting inoculated in this huge numbers, I think public opinion is going to be almost buoyant. And he might not be able to resist it. Might not be able to resist it. But again, if it's bungled, if we suddenly we see the inevitable glitches that come with websites crashing and this type of thing, that may delay things. Okay, there's an old saying in Hollywood and on Broadway that you know you've arrived and you've become super famous when they name a sandwich after you mm -hmm. at the deli. Now, as I understand it, I've just learned that there is an item in the legislative dining room that's named after you. you got to be <laughs> kidding me. So you tell me about this. Yes, yeah, a breakfast uh, special called Baldry's Bowl. And Baldry, I just got not Baldry's Beat, Baldry's, Baldry's Bowl. Bowl, which is, I had it yesterday, uh, Amanda, the wonderful receptionist there, uh, t told me about it, and it's a bowl of hash browns and peppers and, and chorizo sausage and all sorts of good things topped by two eggs. and, and a side Fried eggs? Sunny side up? or well, Any way you want them. I had them right. poached. I just got an email from Gord, who's a retiree in James Bay, who lives right close, and he sent a review saying it's a huge hit. Thumbs up. I also went in the dining room just now. <laughs> Young family there, young kid, about 12 years old, gave me a big thumbs up, said, hey, Baldry's Bowl. Baldry's Bowl. There now, it's not... I'm not sure it's going to be there permanently. Well, and it's also part of the secret menu, I understand. Yeah, you so got to ask for this. Ask for, or, or Paul, the waiter, will. Uh, he's the one who's sort of volunteering. Okay, so if you if you visit ever visit the You're legislative the dining room, room, which I encourage people to do, because it's great, um, go in there and ask for Baldry's Bowl. So it sounds like a heart attack on a plate to me, <laughs> but it sound, actually sounds pretty it's good. pretty good. All right, welcome back to the show. It's Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Now, you heard uh, our sponsor mention their Sea Lovers Fish and Chips, and Brad McLeod is the president of Sea Lovers, and he's, he's on the line. He's phoned in. Hey, Brad. Hey. Hi, how's it going, Mike? It's going great, Hi, Brad. Keith. Thanks for, thanks for call, calling in. Can you tell us this quickly the story about your, your dad trying to get the vaccine for your dad? Yeah, um, my dad's 85 years old, and he lives on Main Island by himself. And so I was kind of delved through responsibility to get him booked first. COVID shot. So yesterday I started phoning uh, Island Health uh, on the every half an hour throughout the entire day. I could never even get put on hold, uh, let alone get through. So then I turned around and phoned him last night to tell him I haven't been able to get through yet. And then he asked me, because he's concerned about getting on the ferries and stuff like that, could he just come to our house in Langley? My wife and I are kind of his faith too. So he's by himself and stay with us and we could book it in Langley for him. I went, great. Fraser Health has the online booking. I'll just go online and book him, book him a time. Yeah, right. I get on there this morning, and lo and behold to me, as I'm going through it, and it's a great system, by the way, but I get to the one part where it says you must be a resident of Fraser Health. So I go, oh, 
So then I back off for that and I phone into the Fraser Health line. And after about 20 minutes, I got through and asked the question about explain that my father would come to our house. He'd stay with us and we'd like to book him in. And I have all the information. And the nice lady on the phone said, well, you can book him. But when he gets there, when they check his ID, if they notice his address isn't in Fraser Health, they'll probably reject them. But they may not. So it's up to you. So did, did you book it then? No, I'm not going to send my 85-year-old father in a lineup, have him come over and get in a lineup by himself to get a COVID shot with a chance of being rejected at the end after going through all this. Okay, so, so you're going so to gonna... get through them. I'm still trying to get through to Island Health, but I can't even get I can't even get put on hold on Island Health. Okay, what do you all do? right. So, so, okay, thanks. So yeah. Maine Island, uh, Brad, is one of the communities on Vancouver Island Health that's going to be immunized all at once over one or two days. They're not going to be um, on the age-based uh, rollout because they're considered to be a remote community. It's uh, more difficult to get to. You have to take a ferry, uh, and it's a, a greater traveling distance. So I would expect your your dad's going to get vaccinated uh, sooner than later. But would you advise him to keep trying to get through to the phone on the phone line? Yeah, I would, I, I, yeah. Would say, I, I do think there's a pretty good possibility that this loophole hasn't been recognized by the health authorities that you can... You know, can you actually leapfrog from one health authority and trying to get your shot? We had that woman caller, I think, early in the week who was in North Van and registered in, in Surrey. Um, I've heard it, from it other could, people who've done the same thing. But have they got their shot yet? And that, well, I don't think they have. Well, and, and, we'll find out next week. And I guess. So I think you'd probably to go all that trouble of leaving Maine Island to get to, to Fraser Health Authority, which is not an easy trip. Uh, and then to be told when you show up you can't get it because you, your residency doesn't match is uh, I, I would just wait. I think for it would the be kind of Island Health to come to you. I I hope that they don't turn people away. Like you know, for people especially in the Vancouver coastal who could not get through, especially on Monday when the the system was just was so bungled mm-hmm. on the rollout. If they gave up and said I'm going to book online Fraser Health instead, if they turn those people away. I think that'd be pretty bad. Like, I think you should give the people the shot if they show up for their shot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, you want everyone vaccinated, you know. Uh, and and what we've seen instances before, and people have complained about this, but it makes sense. Uh, we've had people in uh, hospitals getting vaccinated. At the end of the day, someone doesn't show up, or, or there's we've got X number of doses left. We can't put them back once they're thawed. You've got to use them. Yeah. So they're put in the shots of people who may okay. not be in the queue. Okay. Let's go to Steve on the line in North Vancouver. Hi, Steve. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. I just wanted to call about the daylight savings time not changing. I can't believe that the government would um, ignore the overwhelming majority of people who want to stop this practice. And they dangled this carrot in front of us saying that they were going to do it. And uh, now they've changed their mind on it. I, I'm just well, really frustrated with that. Do you, do you, so you want to go to the permanent daylight time, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. Correct. Okay. Well, I think a lot of things are in suspended animation right now mm-hmm. in the pandemic. I mean, this used to be a big talking point for John Horgan, but yeah. other things have taken over uh, this issue. And also, uh, we're waiting for the United States to well, get on board it. as well. You can't do it on your but, own. Yeah, Steve? You, he wanted to say something else. Let's squeeze in one more real quick. Malcolm in Spanish Banks. Malcolm, you got 30 seconds. Uh, well, they did have online booking in Vancouver Coastal, but only for medical staff. And I found this out from my mother's doctor after I spent two and a half days to get my 94-year-old mother onto the uh, appointment site. So they did have it. They just didn't want it to open up to the public. Had they done that, they wouldn't have had 
the crap show as far as the phone system. And I think TELUS did a fantastic job stepping up the plate and okay. because it's the contractor who's f- at fault. Thanks, Malcolm. Ten seconds. Yeah, TELUS uh, put 600 people in, on, on the phones uh, a couple of days ago, and they've cleared the backlog and pretty well, pretty well hit 100% of what they're looking for.